Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Uh, thank you for tuning in, listening, downloading, and subscribing to this podcast. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. And again, this is Dead End Sports. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, let me be the first to wish you a happy, prosperous safe and a new year that is filled with blessings in 2018. Uh, of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. First up, my man, BZ430, straight from the D. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? As you can say I'm from the D, because uh, I came back from Dallas not too long right. ago. But, you know, that's the, that's the second D. They ain't the original. Yeah, they the ain't original the real D. D. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I was down there and, uh, visiting my sister for the holidays. Me and my yes. dad was down there. It says cold in the D. <clears throat> it actually, you know what? And you know what? It's actually it was actually a little under the weather temperature wise in Dallas while we was there. Like the first couple of days, okay, sixties and seventies, and then after that, man, it was in the forties and thirties. What? How was your uh, How was your dad's birthday? I saw the picture on uh, on um, Instagram. Oh yeah, he enjoyed it, man. He enjoyed it. Good, good, good. I took him, I took him to a. Uh, Took him to a steakhouse, like original Texas steakhouse. Okay. Known for it. So he wanted to go there for his birthday. So we took him there for his birthday. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, man? Uh, well, you know, uh, Kyle, I, I, I think, man, uh, everybody out there listening, you know, you guys should address me and B as champs. Uh, <laughs> This is you speak of Ken, so please enlighten people about this championship that you so called won. They better recognize, <laughs> yes, sir. Nice. We are, they may Sam Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the, the team being our co manage, we uh won the title this year. Um, so so yeah, we got in as a sit seed. Record six and seven. We had Aaron Rodgers. We lost him. That's why our record was so poor. But uh, but we managed to get in, man, and we ended up winning the whole thing. So, so okay. yeah, man. Yeah, last year, you know, we, we I think got put out in the first round. It was a, extremely disappointing, but we vowed to come back and win it this year, and we did. So, uh, yeah, everybody can listen to, like, the full story, man. All 16, 17 episodes is on the SoundCloud channel. And just check out me and B's journey from the beginning where everything was going great to the end. Uh, you'll hear all the highs and the lows and, and everything in between. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty dope. But, yeah, man. I think uh, – and I, now that I think about it, Ken, I think we, we even did like a live like a, a live stream of the draft when we was drafting. Yeah, yeah we did. Mm -hmm. We was talking so – oh, Kyle, we was talking so much shit. <laughs> Word. We draft, oh, my God. Me and Ken was like, this is this is an undefeated squad right here. Like, we're about to win it all. And y'all went six and seven. Yeah, yeah. we we, yep, we <laughs> ended up going six and seven, barely squeaking into the playoffs, and we still won. So this was big for us. We had to win this league because if we, if we didn't even make the playoffs, we were going to get clowned because people was on Twitter hitting us up. Like, people who was in the league. They were on Twitter hitting us up like, yo, man, what happened? I thought y'all was going to beat it. I thought y'all was going to have all this type of record. Like, I thought y'all was going to do all this. So, yeah, we had to. We had to do that one for the culture. <laughs> you know Cass will never let you live it down when she starts talking trash. Much stuff we was talking on draft day. Right. 
No doubt. So, yeah. So for those of you listening, make sure that you tune in and check out their wrap up show for the uh, fantasy season that they just had. And I'm uh, looking forward to hearing this. I I can only imagine what the stories are going to be when this comes out. (laughs) Yeah, man. Quite a journey. Hell of a journey. How how was Christmas? Christmas all right for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool, man. Uh, I want everybody to uh, uh, stay tuned because I'm launching a new channel with my kids. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, toys. They're gonna be doing uh, playing with toys and shit like that. So, uh, so yeah, it was his idea. He wanted to do it. So I was like, all right, well, bet let's let's get to work. So I got a whole bunch of stuff recorded. I got to chop up. So yeah, so Christmas Christmas was definitely good. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right, that's what's up. We on the lookout for that. Um, Christmas was cool for me. I I didn't do too much. Uh, well, actually, I did. Uh, me and the family went to Disney World. Um, that was dope. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah, that. Wow. Man, we had a ball. Yeah. yeah, we had a ball, man. We had a ball. Uh, I had been. We hadn't been to Disney World, man, probably in about six or seven years. So my my daughter, this is the first time for her going and being able to understand it at six, and uh, she 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 enjoyed it, man. Hey, it was she's six years old now. Yeah, she's six, man. She's wow. six. Wow. She just, oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> I know, right? Man, time flies, man. Can't oh. I tell you? Especially when you have kids. I mean, time will really, time flies anyway, because to be honest, I don't know where 2017 went, but, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, man, Disney World was dope, man. We were there for the week and uh, got back Saturday, and then my homegirl came through with some tickets to the uh, Falcons game on Sunday against the Panthers. So, me and my, my youngest son, Brandon, we went to the game on Sunday. And um, I was telling people, man, like this dude, Brandon, my son, he's the Falcons are five and oh when he comes to the game. So they might want to you know, they might want to if, if anybody in the Falcons organization listening for a small fee. Listen, for a small fee, I will let you take him to L.A. with you this weekend. You know, y'all probably should have took him to Houston with you with a Super Bowl and you would you would have you would have had the Super Bowl. We would have never had to hear these jokes about twenty eight to three. But um, yeah, man. Over the last two or three years, man, they they're five and zero when Brandon's in the building, including two wins against uh, you know, discount double check Aaron Rodgers. So um, so yeah, the Falcons game was dope. Um, but I ain't gonna lie, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, man. New Year's Eve, uh, I was asleep before the ball dropped, man. I'm just I'm tired. But um, wow, really? Yeah, the holiday was dope. Yeah, yeah, I, bro. I couldn't I couldn't hang, man. After the because I got home from the Falcons game probably around nine. Man, shower, got something to eat, and I was like, I was done. I tried to stay up, and you know, you know, and, we, and then of course we're gonna talk about the games and stuff. Uh, I didn't even finish that Alabama game uh, last night, but I mean, I, by the time I went to sleep, it was pretty much foregone conclusion. Um, so yeah, uh, let's start right there, man. The college football championship game is set. Uh, it's an all SEC final, uh, much to the dismay of a whole bunch of people. Borderline hater. <laughs> uh, Georgia is taking on Alabama. Um, you know, we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, when the playoffs were set. Uh, you know, some people weren't happy with the fact that Alabama, quote unquote, sneaked in, um, but they're in nonetheless, and they did what they had to do. They took care of business uh, on last night against Clemson. Um, so let's start right there, man. Uh, B, how do you? Uh, how do you see this game shaping up, man? Georgia versus Alabama, and who do you think is going to win and why? Um, this game is going to feel like an SEC championship game because um, <laughs> it's held here in Atlanta, <laughs> right? We know all the SEC championship games are here in Atlanta. 
and it's two SEC teams going in in separate divisions too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they the don't SEC play each other during the season. The SEC East. So exactly. This is pretty much an SEC championship game pinned as the national championship. Um, uh, I, as much as I hate to say it, I think Alabama might come out on top on this. Oh, um, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> still. I'm still. I wish people was on this call because I'm. I'm gonna stick. With, I'm. A, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use the people rule. Never trust the Georgia team. So I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stick by that. I think it's gonna be a tight game, a good game, a close game. But I just think in the end, I think um, Alabama's gonna pull it out, man. I mean, I I want Nick Saban to lose. My heart, my heart <laughs> is wanting Nick Saban to lose, but my head is head telling me Alabama's gonna win this game. Mm, I, hate, mm, I hate to mm. go that easy sports route of the head and the heart, but that's just how I, that's how I think it's gonna pan out, man. I, I think you know when we was talking about Alabama, I mean, I think they were clearly one of the best four teams just from a I hate to use this quote unquote eye test. They were, mm-hmm. they were the best teams. They were so uh, you know, they in there for a reason and, and look look what we got. They they embarrassed Clemson and how they playing for a national championship and they can they can possibly win it. So we'll see. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Uh Georgia, Alabama, like B said, it's an all SEC uh final game. Uh a lot of people aren't happy about that. Uh, how do you see this thing playing out, and, and who do you think wins and why? Well, um, you know, of course, I'm one of those people that's not happy about this, man. I didn't think Alabama deserved to get in. I knew that once they get in, once they got in, that this was definitely a, a strong possibility, especially mm-hmm. when I saw they were seated up with Clemson. Kelly Bryant is not ready, and I don't think he'll ever be ready. Um, I think Clemson could probably finish top four next year. Again, but he's just he's just from what I saw all year long, he wasn't that dude. And you're going up against a, a top, a, a highly motivated Alabama team who felt like they were robbed last, um, you know, last year mm-hmm. uh, the national championship game. Well, well, not robbed; they were just upset that they lost. But some of them wasn't even, you know, like you guys were probably on the bench. But. Uh, much like B, I mean, I think, I mean, Georgia hasn't been impressive all year. So, and it's hard to go against Nick Saban, but I am because <laughs> uh, I just, I just can't, can't, can't give him my vote on, on this one. But I mean, from, he can't throw, he can't push the ball down the field and there's no way he's going to be able to run. Uh, all over Alabama that way. Um, both teams' defenses are very stout. It might be a, mm-hmm. a low-scoring contest. But I won't put it past Georgia and Kirby Smart to also come in with some motivation as well. Don't forget, they were a number one seed also, and then they right. lost to Auburn. So we have two number one teams going against the former number one teams at some point last year going against each other. So, but, you know, we know what Nick Saban does. We've seen it for the last five, six, seven years. This is just, he has that defense. That defense was running all over the field. I think they got three of the guys that were hurt back. And um, and here we are. So, yeah, it is kind of like an SEC championship, um, you know, title game. And, and, you know, it's probably going to play out like that. I think it's dope that Georgia got there because – They'll basically have home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, Alabama is right up the street. You know what I mean? I know. They, they travel too. Yeah, and they try, and, and they're deep around here too. Yeah, yep. it's uh two, two and a half, maybe three hours from here. That's not it, far. Yeah, yeah. I, far. I pass right by when I go to the house. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. You know what, man? 2018 is gonna be a different year, man. Georgia's gonna win this thing. <laughs> they have two running backs, Chubb, Michelle, and their boys are gonna get off. They don't have just one; they have two. And I know mm-hmm. people are pointing to the Leonard Fournette game and all this other stuff, but. Les Miles had, you know, he had basically ran out of steam. They didn't really have a threat at quarterback at all, at least from can do some stuff. And uh, and I didn't know this. This kid was right up there from Warner Robins, man. So he, yeah. he's he's yeah. a local product. So um, so yeah, I'm going with Georgia. I think Georgia's going to prove everybody wrong. Uh, come you know when when everything is said and done, uh, Monday, and I think we're going to crown Georgia a champion. It's it's, it's time. It's time, Kyle. <laughs> Hey man, I hope you're right. Um, I while I am not a fan of Alabama and its dominance, I do recognize Alabama for what it is and what they've been, you know, over these last Jesus ten years, I guess. Um, I think this was tough, man, because I I think Georgia has a legitimate shot at winning this game. Um, but I, I know Alabama will do what they did to Clemson. They will shut the running game down, and they're going to say, Fromm beat us. And, you know, I think the difference is, is that, like you said, Ken, uh, Kelly Bryant for Clemson, for the most part, up at, he was up and down all season. And I think – and it's not to say that I don't think Kelly Bryant will be a good quarterback, but, you know, following in the footsteps of Deshaun Watson, he wasn't Deshaun Watson. And you can tell – you know, with that Clemson team not having Deshaun Watson on a lot of Saturdays, they looked, you know, looked like they didn't have him, you know, and that's where the glaring weakness was, was at the quarterback position. But I think for Georgia, you know, in this case, from Jake, from the quarterback, who is a true freshman at this time last year, he was in high school. So for him, I think he's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to make more plays in the passing game than he did uh, the other night against uh, uh, Oklahoma uh, and Oklahoma's defense and Alabama's defense are like night and day. Um, let's just keep it a buck. So I think I, I, I'm a Florida State fan, so I don't have a rooting interest, even though you know we live here in the state of Georgia. Um, I don't care one way or the other who wins. Uh, I would like to see Georgia win, but I think Alabama's going to win. I just think that ultimately. Saban, and I said this to you know, one of my buddies yesterday before the game, you know, when you give Saban time to prepare. Now, granted, Saban's had a month to prepare for Clemson. He's got, you know, a week to prepare for for, for Georgia, excuse me. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they they did their scouting. So they were, you know, they, they had probably some coaches that were scouting, you know, both teams even as they were preparing for this game here, not necessarily looking ahead, but that's what, you know, you do in coaching in college in this type of scenario. So um, Saban does a good job of, of getting, you know, getting his guys ready. And, you know, the kind of quarterbacks that we've seen Nick Saban's defenses struggle against are mobile quarterbacks. Jake Fromm, he can move around in the pocket, but he ain't mobile. He ain't Deshaun Watson. He ain't, you know, Johnny Manziel, you know, that, that type of quarterback. Uh, So, I think I think this game will go like maybe 27-24. I think it'll be a really good game. I think it'll be close. It's going to be smash mouth. Uh, but I think ultimately 
Alabama's defense will force turnovers. And, you know, that's the one thing that if you if you want to beat Alabama, you can't turn the ball over because offensively Hertz is not going to do anything to turn. He's going to he's going to play the game manager role all the way. They're going to run the ball. They're going to pound you so forth and so on. Um, I just don't see I, I think ultimately there's going to be a turnover. Prom is probably going to throw a pick and that's going to be the end of it, you know, to uh, you know, set the stage, but um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a great game. I think we just witnessed uh, one of the most um, classic games that I, that I think you could witness. Yeah. And um, you know, and um, and and in Oklahoma. Which before we move on to the next one, I want to ask you guys a quick question. Somebody hit me up on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Somebody hit me up on Twitter and they asked me if I thought that because I said the game was a classic, and I thought it was a classic. Um, they asked me if I thought that this game that we saw between Georgia and Oklahoma was as good or better than Texas and USC. Uh, Ken, what, what's your thoughts on that? You, you think you exceeded that game or it's not on the same level? Hell no. No. <laughs> it's not on the same level. Nah, it's that, not on the same level. Like, it's not. I said the same thing because it's a semifinal game. It wasn't the last game. And I mean, like, the USC Trojans were arguably, or at least running it, coming into that game, one of the best teams in college football history, statistically. Right. So, and you know, a lot of people didn't give Vince Young and 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 University of Texas a shot at winning that game, and so that was the ultimate upset, I think. And Vince Young put on one of the greatest performances uh, in college football history in a, in a championship game. So. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to ask y'all that. That somebody asked me that, and I saw a couple of people talking about it on Twitter last night, and I'm like, nah, it's not. Yeah, you know, Twitter going Twitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels uh, like they, you know, if it, yeah, it kind of feels like they do that like every every time we get a good game like that. Like, but mm-hmm. for the first right. half, you're sitting there watching this game, and you're like, oh man, you know, Oklahoma running all over these boys, and this this right. might right. get ugly. And yep, and you know. Um, and then next thing you know, they'll hand the ball off one play, and then these dudes are gone fifty yards. So there wasn't really the type of drama that 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 one had. That you know, late it was, but for the most part, Georgia looked overmatched. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, kudos to them for the great combat. But Oklahoma, for all intents and purposes, should have won that game. They just got scared in yeah. the end. You know, yeah. lemon lemon booty. <laughs> they went lemon booty, man. Um, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I agree totally. You know, it's it, it, it's like these cats out here trying to call an album that came out two hours ago a classic. <laughs> but I digress. Um, so b- before we move on from college football, some of the talk uh, today also concerned uh, University of Central Florida. Now, if you're a college football fan, you understand that the University of Central Florida uh, played right here in Atlanta against uh, Auburn in the Peach Bowl and uh, beat them. Um, So they are undefeated for their season. And they're trying, they were trying to make a case. Now, we already know that the national championship game will decide the national champion, but they said that, you know, they're trying to make a case that they should be considered uh, because they went undefeated. Um, So B, man, just in your opinion, because we know, this game that we'll see Monday night is going to be the end all be all for the uh, for the championship. But should 
you know, I don't know. Remember back in the day when you had the the coaches poll and the AP poll and all these yeah. other polls, uh, and sometimes they were split champions. Do you think that, in your opinion, if you had a vote, would you give UCF some consideration given the fact that they went undefeated? Uh, consideration? Uh, maybe. I mean, it really you really got to look at the beef, the toughness of the schedule. I mean, you know, I hate to, you know, knock them for the, knock them for their conference that they're in. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just, it'd be one of situations where we, we, they'd be in the final four and get mocked by someone like a Clemson or Alabama or Georgia or something like that. And then we'd be like, well, see, there you go. This is why we don't need these small mid-conference teams. Mm-hmm. Take the NCAA basketball where you can have Cinderella. <laughs> exactly. Just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have those mid-majors, you know, have a chance in basketball. But with football, man, these these small schools, man, rarely have a chance against these bigger schools. I mean, you know, the the Appalachian States of Michigan, that's just like a once-in-a-lifetime type of win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. something like that just rarely happens. So I don't think you would get the same results if you was to bring a U, UCF. I think that's it, right? UCF? Yeah, yeah, UCF. UCF mm-hmm. into, the, uh, into the Final Four, man. I mean, I get it. They beat everyone they put in front of them. But... Look at their look at who they beat compared to look who what you know schools like Georgia schools like Miami Florida State have to deal with week in and week out you mm-hmm. know so yeah I mean I hate to I hate to say that but it's just that's just how I feel it's, it's not basketball now this is basketball and you had a mid major that's, uh, that's thirty two and zero I'm like okay that school got to be like number two and number one number three exactly exactly you know what I'm saying like that's different is football is different so. You ain't gonna have that Cinderella story in in with this man, so I gotta go, gotta go no on that one. That's a good point, B. And and if you think about it, if you're a mid major in basketball, odds are, and, and let's say you like you said you go thirty two and zero, you know not only should be should you be a two or number one seed, you probably played one of the big boys. You know what I'm saying in your schedule, yeah. you know to 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 go that far. Uh, Ken, what about you, man? UCF goes thirteen and zero. Should they be considered? If if you had a, a vote. Would you consider them, you know, for maybe a split champion because they went undefeated this year and then they ended up beating uh, Auburn, who, by the way, is the only ranked team that they played all season? Right. And that's that would be the difficulty that that I would have. Um, I looked at their schedule and um, I'm looking at it now. They beat everybody in front of them, and they beat them pretty convincingly, too. Uh, they had a couple of close games here and there, but for the most part, it was no contest. And I think that what that tells me is that this team was definitely ready to play more ranked teams, and some of those matchups may be closer. Some of those matchups uh, may turn into L's for them because they're playing uh, tougher competition with more uh, blue chippers. But for me, when I look at the rankings, and they're 12th right now, Realistic, realistically, could they beat Washington, Miami, Penn State, USC, and Wisconsin? Uh, that's in front of them. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you beat Auburn, and I, I can see them with this team beating them. We know uh, Sam Darnold just probably give them three touchdowns with turnovers <laughs> himself, so <laughs> they can beat everybody else. But will they beat Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State? I don't know. I don't know. But if your argument is that you need to expand it from four to, say, eight, mm-hmm. then that puts them in the tourney, so to speak. And then, right. you know, they'll have a shot because they, I mean, at that point, you'd be arguing for them to jump from 12 
to eight, and you'll be asking yourself, are they better than the four teams ahead of them? And um, and looking at their schedule and the teams to beat, it's hard to say yeah. Now, I'm a guy that sometimes you do have to respect the record, and you know if these teams think they're uh, they're you know badasses, then let's put them to the test. Now I know everybody want to see the best the best teams, but maybe you can put it into that noise when you put some of these guys in there. And we have seen that happen. TCU, mm-hmm. Boise State. Uh, Oregon, some of these teams have gotten their shot and have mm-hmm. gotten demolished. So I think for UCF, celebrate this win. I was pulling for them. Celebrate this this win, going undefeated, beating the top, the, the number seven team in the country, a team that was number one at some point. Mm-hmm. That was your, 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 your title game. Celebrate that. Uh, walk away with that trophy and, and be happy about that. And next year, Put some numbers on the board. Play right. Some, play some ranked teams. Yeah, exactly. That's that's That was my case. I was talking to a couple of people on Twitter, and I said the exact th- same thing, Ken. I think, and I'm looking at the schedule, and I misspoke. They did play one ranked team that they beat, and that was uh, USF, uh, University of South Florida, uh, Charlie Strong's team. They were ranked 19th at the time that they played them on November 24th, and they beat them in a thriller. I watched that game 49-42. to um, But, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider them. Uh, you know, this, this team, and of course, you can only play who's on your schedule, but come on, man. They played Austin P, I guess, this who this is. They beat them 73 to 33. Um, SMU, they played UConn, they played Navy, uh, ECU, Cincinnati, Memphis. I, I could go on and on. They, no, they, they had a great season, and the one saving grace is that they'll be able to walk away. They will be able to walk away from this season and say we were the only undefeated team in college football. And that's a great thing because even the winner of this game on Monday night won't even be able to say that. You know, they'll be the national champs, but they'll have one loss on their record. Um, but no, nah, man, not considering them. I mean, if you want it, if, if, if that's the concern, then you really need to play better. And your out-of-conference games have to be better. All, I mean, excuse me, um, Alabama – and Georgia out of conference aren't playing teams like, you know, ECU or, you know, SMU or UConn. They just aren't. You know, they might throw one, you know, cupcake on there so they can get a money game. But other than that, they're not, you know, and then they're playing in a tougher conference. The American Conference and the SEC or the ACC or whatever, it's not the same. So I agree with B. If this was basketball, we'd we'd be having a different I think UCF, you know, what they did was great. Um, I question the university for keeping Scott Frost on and letting him coach, given the fact that he accepted the job at Nebraska. But, you know, that's just my personal issue. But he got the job done and they, you know, he went away as a winner um, and they went out on top. And, they, and you know, I watched that Auburn game. They, they've got some players on that team. Could they hold their own against the Clemsons or Oklahomas of the world? I think so. But I think ultimately they, they would lose. But, um, I mean, you know, put them on your schedule next year and, you know, get, get your money up, get your weight up, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, but, shout, you know, shout out to UCF for, for completing an undefeated season. Nobody else has done that. So, at the very least, they have that to hang a hat on. Uh, as we move on to the NFL, we've got the wild card weekend coming up. Uh, the NFL season is over. Uh, it's playoff time, man. Once you get in a tournament, anything can happen. 
Uh, we got a great weekend of football coming up uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday. Uh, first, uh, the first game that's up is the Tennessee Titans traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Ken, who wins that and, and why? Kansas City. Kansas City, man. Um, they, they've gotten back to what they do best, uh, running the ball more with Kareem Hunt, thankfully, because they got us a championship. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, Alex Smith, say what you want about him, you know, the man wins. And, uh, and, and I think Mariota is – I don't know about him yet, man. Um, you know, he, he he's up and down, but I, I think they kind of um, – I don't know if they have the, the the weapons per se to be able to compete outside of Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think I like Kansas City winning this game. Andy Reid can coach. Andy Reid has played in the Super Bowl before. Andy Reid has turned that team around by coming there after Philly decided to move on, and um, and so for me, I, I, I want to rely on that experience. Alex Smith has played in the Super Bowl before. Or he was on a Super Bowl team. Um, so, yeah. So, give me Kansas City to win that one. Okay. Okay. What about you, B? Uh, Tennessee and Kansas City. Who who wins that one and why? Yeah, I got Kansas City, man. I think <clears throat> these last two weeks, just seeing, you know, the interviews with uh, Kareem Hunt talking, you know, how he how he's talking about how, like, the offense is kind of getting their swag back, getting their rhythm back, and we've seen that in the past couple of weeks just the way how he's playing they're looking like the kansas city that we was watching the first three four weeks right when 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 we when people were saying hey alex smith stay at this pace he can be mvp like you know what i'm saying so they're looking like that like it's like amazing how they season been a roller coaster the way they started in the beginning of the season the way they looked in the mid-season how we was questioning they lost what like five out of six weeks they was looking horrible and like now we're like, hey, you know, this, this is this. These guys, they look like they the, the same team that that whooped up on the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they start to look like that. And I think they about to kind of start getting rolling at the right time of the year. So yeah, I got them winning, man. This this would definitely be an upset in my opinion if Tennessee pull out this win. But um, yeah, I got I got I got those guys winning. Yeah, I got uh, I got I got Kansas City winning as the well. Only, I'm sorry too. The only go ahead, go ahead. I, I would like to I see now. I think with Kansas City, if they happen to play the Patriots, is that they don't have Eric Berry, and Eric Berry was putting the clamps on Rob yeah, Gronkowski was, the last was, time he right played. Before he got hurt, right? Huh? I said right before he got hurt. You're right. Yeah, right before he got hurt. So you know, if they do match up with him, that'll be interesting. You know how they're gonna do without Eric Berry back there? But yeah, that's all. Um, no, I agree, man. I think Kansas City wins. Uh, I to be honest, I haven't seen. Man, I haven't. I've only seen highlights of Tennessee all year. I haven't they they haven't been on any games in 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 our market. And if they have, I just haven't bothered to watch. Uh, the little bit of Tennessee that I've seen really hasn't been impressive. Uh, Ken, you mentioned Mario. I, the jury for me, the jury's still out on Mario. I just don't know what he is or what he's gonna be, man, because he's up and down. Um, and he's you know he not his fault, but he's been injury prone as well. Uh, but I know Tennessee plays, you know, really good defense and they will run the ball. Uh, but going into Kansas City, man, Kansas City is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. Um, come playoff time, man, it, that thing is ratcheted up, you know, a, a couple of more notches. 
um, as far as the level of intensity. So I like Kansas City winning a close one there. Uh, then we go to the uh, night game on Saturday night. Uh, the Falcons make the trip across the country to L.A. to play the first game that the Rams have played in the L.A. Coliseum since 1979. Uh, the Falcons versus the Rams. B, who do you like in that one and why? Oh, man. Uh, I, I think I got Falcons. I mean, I got uh, Rams, man, because, you know, when you when you got the luxury of handing the ball off to uh, Gurley, mm-hmm. man, the way he's been playing this year, MB, uh, uh, MVP candidate along with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. man, man, uh, Rams can be dangerous, man. It just really – I think golf is just an X factor, I think. As long as, long as he can take advantage of having the luxury of handing off to uh, Gurley, I think I think Rams will be okay. They, they play at home field advantage. Also, too, man, shout out to – yeah, shout out to these squads that haven't been in the playoffs in a long time, man. You got, you know, Buffalo first time. Uh, I think Tennessee is their first time in a while. They they hit the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to some shout out to some new faces that new faces, yeah, new well, blood, man. Playoffs, man. Falcons but, are actually the only team from the NFC to that to to return from last year as yeah, well. Everybody else yeah. that did so make shout it. out to all the new faces, man. But um, yeah, I, I got the Rams, man. Sorry, sorry, Falcon fans. Um. <laughs> They just been they just been a little too inconsistent. I mean, they have the firepower to beat the Rams. I'm not saying that, but I just think the Rams can get them. I, I see it being a, a ten point game. Rams by ten. True indeed, true indeed. What about you, Ken? Uh, Falcons, Rams, man. How do you playing out? I'm going the opposite way, B. I, I'm picking the Falcons to win this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, girl, girly is is a monster, man. But um, I I think that. Experience is going to come into play here. Um, sometimes you, you can't win it if you're not in it. And the, that's what the Falcons have basically been doing uh, for quite some time now because they have to turn this season around. And they have to win, win some tough games. They're in a, probably a tougher conference. You're looking at three teams from the NFC South that are in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, the – the West, I think that's that's what division the Rams are in, right? The NFC West. Yeah, the NFC West. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they they kind of had a down year when you really look at it outside of Seattle, and they haven't really been to Seattle because they had injuries. So, for me, I'm gonna rely on the guys that have been to the big dance, and all you need to do is just get hot. And I know they have to travel a long way um, to play this game, but for me. I just don't know. Golf has had, from what I've seen in the box scores, good games, and he's had okay games. A lot of it has really been mm-hmm. on Gurley. And um, and what Atlanta does have on defense is they have a lot of speed. Now, can they bring Gurley down? or any of them as fast as Gurley? I don't know. I don't think so. But <laughs> all you have to do is to be able to slow them down and try to get Golf in a, in a passive situation and – to be honest, I don't know if Cooper, Watkins, and Robert Woods scare me like that. So give me the Falcons to win this game um, against the Rams. Okay, 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 Ken. Um, man, uh, I got to go with the Rams on this one. And the reason being, I think, uh, I just, I really don't know which Falcons team is going to show up. Um, if the Falcons team that showed up against the Carolina Panthers, particularly that defense, 
uh, I think you know they they've got a good they they've got a good chance of winning. But uh, the Falcon and, and speaking of and it kind of gets lost because we talk about the weapons that the Falcons have, but um, Falcons defense is averaging like I think they're only giving up like 17 points in the second half of the season. They've really played well coming down the stretch and they're starting to form into. Uh, you know what Dan Quinn, the head coach, is, is trying to get them to be. Um, but you know, offensively, I just I still see too many missed opportunities. You know, Ryan can be hit or miss. There's always some you know penalties or something that are you know killing the drive. Um, you know, a drop ball here, a drop ball there. I just don't see it happening. And like like Ken said, they have the firepower to get it done. And you know, if the Falcons could somehow beat um, the Rams, you know, they would go to Philadelphia and I would like their chances in Philly. But uh, but now I, I think the Rams win. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, one thing to keep an eye out for is the Rams kicker is out for the season. So their kicking game is, uh, you know, kind of up in the air. And I think if I'm not mistaken, their kicker made the Pro, pro Bowl. So um, but with Gurley, um, you know, if, if I'm the Falcons, I, I'm trying to get up you know, on, on the Rams and try to negate Gurley because, you know, if, if all golf has to do is just turn around and hand it off to Gurley, you know, they might be in for a long day. Uh, but I, I like the Rams. I think the Rams win this in a, in a close one. Um, then we go to the Sunday game, Sunday afternoon, uh, the one o'clock game. Uh, like you said, new faces, man, for the first time, I think since like 1999, the Buffalo Bills are back in the playoffs. They head down to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. Uh, Ken, who do you like in this one and why? Man, shout out to Joe Flacco. That's what Buffalo need to be doing. Shouting out Joe Flacco. They already show love to Andy Dalton uh, by donating to his <laughs> They show mad love to Andy Dalton. <laughs> man, didn't they, though? I thought that was dope, man. Um, yeah, man, Buffalo, uh, uh, crazy in, in the freaking playoffs because uh, Flacco and Harbaugh can win, can beat the freaking Bengals. Uh, so, for me, uh, Buffalo – uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. This is the first time there. Give me Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville. Okay. McCoy's Jacksonville hurt. Yeah, McCoy's yeah, hurt. Yeah, McCoy's game time decision. Right. So, and and that's, I mean, they had to play him in week 17, but that's the risk you run into when you play your guys in, 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 in the final game of the season if you have a playoff spot locked up. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor is throwing to nobody. Uh, McCoy might be hurt. And while I do think Buffalo's defense is okay, um, I like Jacksonville defense a lot more. And uh, they've shown some, some, some slippage lately, but I think if they get back to what they do the best and running the ball with Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville stop throwing the ball with Bortles. He's not there yet. He's not there. So when you guys try to put it in his hands, you see what happened. You lose two of three, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so, so. So yeah, run that ball, man. Run, get get Fournette the ball, man. And let your guys, let Jalen Ramsey and Bouye get out there and lock them down. So give me Jacksonville to win this game. Okay, okay. B, what about you, man? Uh, Buffalo heads to Jacksonville, man. How do you how do you like this one? I got Jacksonville, man, just because of the defense. I think the defense is proven. Why they got there as far as they did this season? I don't think none of us picked them to uh, win a division. Nope. Um, with our preseason, uh, going into our uh, preseason football show, 
Um, so yeah, man, I think their defense is just I, I didn't think their defense was gonna be as real as it is. So when you, you have two things that's great against you in football that, that can prove a winning combination, good defense and a running game. And and Jacksonville got both of them. Um and unfortunate that we you know we're not gonna have a Sean McCoy playing against them. It's possibly questionable. So but I think and you know, like like Ken said, man, feed your horse feed for that, let him let him take you to the promised land. And as long as that defense keep holding up. They'd be good. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I don't see Tyrod Taylor in that Buffalo offense, particularly if you got a, a banged up uh, Lashawn McCoy being able to you know survive against that defense against Jacksonville. Um, I think you if if you're Jacksonville, you want to just you know feed Fournette and you know ask Blake Bortles not <laughs> not to turn the ball over. You know let Blake Bortles throw the ball like 17 times. You know and then let Fournette have like 30 carries. Uh, you know, this game, I think points will come at a premium, but I think, you know, if, if, and when Jacksonville gets the lead, it's going to, it's going to feel like even more because I just don't see, um, Buffalo being able to maneuver and manage a lot of points against that, uh, stout defense, particularly at home. Jacksonville plays really tough at home. Um, and I know, which really sounds crazy to say, but the fans in Jacksonville are going to be wild. So, um, so I'm looking forward to watching that as well. Um, and then the last game on Sunday afternoon, I think that's like a 4:30 kick. Uh, Carolina Panthers and uh, Cam Newton invade uh, the Big Easy, New Orleans. Um, so it's an NFC South matchup. Um, so Drew Brees, Cam Newton, B. How do you see that one shaking out? Oh, man, um, this is this is probably the toughest one for me to call on this one. Um, uh, it's playing at New Orleans, you said? Yes, sir. Superdome. Man, Carolina defense has been looking really good. <laughs> Carolina <laughs> got that defense, man. Um, it's just they've been so inconsistent. I don't know which I don't know which Carolina team is going to show up. So I guess based off that, I'm just going to say the Saints just by a small, like a little bit, just because the inconsistency of um, – of the Panthers, you know, I hate to go against Cam and the brother, you know, and the rest of the squad, but it's just he just been too inconsistent for me to really like, you know, be dependable. And if they gonna, you know, ball out, so I gotta go with the Saints, man. I, I you know, I, you, Saints they play great when they at home. They they indoors, you know. Uh, Breeze don't have to worry about playing on the elements because we all know Breeze is a horrible QB when he playing on the elements. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he's in he's in he's in the comfort of his home in the dome. So I think I think I think Saints will pull it out, man. I think uh, if, if the right Carolina team show up, I, they can beat the Saints easily. But it's just, you just don't know, man. They've been they've been they literally been a roller coaster this all this season. Yeah, man. And keep in mind the Saints uh, swept this season series with the uh, over the Panthers. But you know it's hard to beat a team matter. three times. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, none of that matters now. And it's hard to beat a team three times uh, yeah. in a season. Um, Ken, how do you see this one shaking out? Well, I think the last thing you said is exactly where I'm going with the Panthers, man. Uh, first, I'm pro-brother. I'm pro-brother <laughs> around here, so I'm, I'm going to go with the brother, Cam Newton. Now, I understand the brothers on, on the Saints, Kamara. And Ken, Mark- Ken, is Cam a brother now? Oh, jeez. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> that's a very we, good question. We might have to, we might have to rewind the tape back. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man. Um, he'll be for this. He player. might be. Okay. Yeah, okay. But I'm I'm with B man. Like he he's been all over the map this year. Um, definitely not 
the MVP guy that that we that we were accustomed to seeing. But B made a very good point that defense has been locked in, and Cam is a playmaker, and he's the one guy on the field, the one dominant force on the field, and he's at happened to be at the most important position on the field, and that's quarterback. And um, and Funches is showing that you know he can make plays. Christian McCaffrey can make plays. Jonathan Stewart is a vet, and um, and that defense is locked in. So the Saints have beaten them twice. Can they beat them a third time? I don't know. That's going to be really, really tough um, when everything is on the marble. So, again, I'm going with the team that's been to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, I, I actually think New Orleans wins this. I think because they're at home, uh, I think they'll ride the wave of that crowd. That place is going to be rocking. Um, Breeze is, is, has been lights out this season. While his numbers are down, I mean, they've got that two-headed monster in uh, the rookie Alvin Kamara and, uh, and, Mar- and uh, Mark Ingram. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I like the – I like – really, I mean, to keep it real, I don't like either one of these teams, but, <laughs> but I got to pick one. Uh, so I, I'll pick, um, the saints. Uh, so I got a chance to see cam, you know, up close and personal this past Sunday at the game and cam, I don't know. And I'm pretty sure the Panthers have a quarterback coach, but I've never seen a quarterback and maybe it's because of his athleticism. I don't know what it is, but like his footwork is, and I told my son, when we were watching the game. I said, if he's, if cam is throwing, if, if his footwork is off his, his passes sail. And if he throws like his, and I told him, I said, if if his first couple of passes are incomplete, he's going to be in for a long day because normally mm-hmm. that's the way it goes. Cam started off that game 0 and 9, 0 for 9 as far as passing. Um, and, you know, Olsen is out there and he's trying, and I know he just came back off of an injury. Uh, like you said, Ken, that defense, though, I mean, man, with Keekly and Thomas Davis, they're everywhere. I mean, those guys make plays. That front seven is is hellacious. But I just I, it comes back to the offense, man. And I don't I know Jonathan Stewart is, didn't play this past week, and I don't know what, what his availability is for this upcoming game um, on Sunday. But Caffrey got in there; he really couldn't do much against the Falcons' defense. Uh, it, it all comes down to Cam, man. And I just I Cam, I think I read a stat that he's only thrown over two hundred yards uh, twice in ten games in wow. these last ten games. I, I mean, like that's crazy to me. You know, you're you're you. This is a former MVP of the league, and you know, and you're not getting and and you you know, against the Saints, you're going to have to put up points. There's no question about. It. And in the playoffs in general, you know, winning they're not there. There won't be too many games where you win fourteen to ten. Um. So yeah, I, I like the Saints in this man, I, but I think it's going to be the wild card weekend is always crazy. I think we should see. I think all these games will be competitive. Um, and I'm looking forward to checking them out. Uh, transitioning on to the NBA. Uh, it's been, we did not do, have a podcast uh, last week, obviously for the holiday, and you guys were on a couple of weeks, so I haven't been on here in like, what, two weeks now. Um, but one thing we wanted to kind of discuss, man, was the NBA refs, man. Um, we've had some situations since the last time we did a podcast. Uh, if you go back to the Christmas Day game in the NBA, uh, with Kevin Durant fouling LeBron, uh, I think it was the NBA later said that Kevin Durant fouled him twice on the the, the Cavs' last possession. If you remember the game Christmas Day, 
um, when LeBron got fouled and Kevin Durant ended up going to the free throw line shooting shots, uh, the NBA later subsequently apologized and said, well, they didn't apologize. They said that the refs missed the call. Um, and then uh, the Boston Celtics uh, last week were down, I want to say, 26 points. And then they rallied, and the game ended with James Harden being called for two offensive fouls for pushing off at the end of the game uh, against Marcus Smart. Um, and then last week, uh, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, clearly steps on the out-of-bounds line on his way to the basket for the game-winning basket uh, of, for his Milwaukee Bucks over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the NBA later released a statement saying that the referees should have seen that he stepped on it, but they could not review the fact that he stepped out of bounds. So with all of that being said, um, we got to ask the question, man. Yo, B, what's up? What's wrong with these refs and these NBA games, man? I don't know, because not only that they, you know, not making calls on fouls, but fools out here traveling from New York to L.A. out here on the court, man. Like, it's like, what the heck is going on? Um, I do appreciate the NBA trying to be more um, – trying to be more transparent and as far as them you know making mistakes with calls because we all know ever since what's my man name that was caught gambling or whatever uh Don- tim tim donaghy yeah yeah ever since that kind of came out and that kind of put a little stain on it on the uh, nba they nba been very transparent as far as refs and, and admitting on making bad calls but, but it's like come on man it's like i don't know if it's this social media that kind of magnifies but i just don't remember I don't remember the refs making these horrible of a calls back in the day when I was watching the NBA. It's like, you know, now it's just like magnified. I mean, yeah, you had a couple of bad calls here and there, but like, I feel like it's just magnified to the 20th power. And it's like, we see it almost every single day now. And I'm like, was it like this when we was growing up? Because we never really complained about the refs or we, you know, you never saw sport talk shows talk about, oh man, the refs are making bad calls or not making any calls. Like we've never, you know, talked about that. So I don't know if it's if it's been going on and we just not really noticing it because of social media, or you know, am I wrong? Like, because mm. I, I was thinking about that too. Because this is like, man, now with social media, we know when refs are not making the calls or making bad calls all the time. Yeah, I, I think social media has a lot to do with it, man. Because we we like you said, be even in the the eighties and nineties, we. I don't know, man. We we never heard like yeah. this kind of stuff going on, man. And and I mean, obviously with technology, social media changes things. But that, and I'll I'll get you guys' opinion on this this other thing that I want to talk about real quick. Um, but let me throw it to Ken. Um, Ken, what do you think about these, these calls, man? The officiating in the NBA, it it looks to me like it's gotten worse. What do you think? Um, I think they had a bad stretch. Um, I do think. The league is very progressive, and the public outcry, the media backlash, they'll fix this. There are certain things that if you're going to have replay, um, there are just certain things that should be reviewable, and whether or not a guy steps out of bounds should be reviewable. Um, Fouls is iffy because you you tend to extend the game a little bit, but um, that might be something like – you may need to take a look at two because there's mm-hmm. a lot of fouling going on in the, in the in NBA and it, and it is very um, subjective to the referee, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 
while they have a, a rule book that clearly outlines what a foul is or is not, they decide whether or not LeBron gets a foul call at the end of the game um, based on his size. And that makes no sense to me. Also, he's a superstar. How do you not get a call? Now, whether or not they're going to win the game, I didn't mm. have Cleveland winning that game anyway. But to right. see it come down to that and to take that part out of of their ability to win the game um, kind of murks the game a little bit. It, it, it doesn't make it sit as good as as it as it would have, but. I think they definitely definitely need to do something about the refereeing on, on LeBron. They need to do something about all of the the calls that Harden gets. And I think they definitely need to be more consistent because mm. you can't it, – it's one of those things where, like, like in baseball, you have the unwritten rule in, in, in late-game situations. So when Harden pushes off, and he did. Um, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he he did. But the unwritten rules say you kind of tend to get away with it. But on the Mm -hmm. flip side, yeah, Marcus Smart is holding all over the guy. Marcus Smart has a tendency to do that. Marcus Smart is also a flopper. So where are the calls there? So I I understand Harden's gripe when, when 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 he says that. He's like, this dude is grabbing and holding on to me and, you know, Maybe he Hardy got frustrated and just pushed him off. So I think that if they would have called the foul on, on Smart for ha- holding and grabbing, then maybe Harden don't push off. But at the same time, um, you know, at the end of the day, Harden did foul him. So uh, you only have yourself to blame for that. But yeah, that traveling call, oh my God, that that's that that one, that one was terrible. And I think that's one that they definitely need to uh, to figure out a way to. Because that's happened twice and uh, happened last year in the playoffs with the Wizards, and the league has already said, "Yeah, we're going to take a look at that." The, the, the one thing about the NBA is they don't they don't mess around. Like they want to make sure that their game is on the up and up as much as possible. Right. So when stuff like this happens, they're definitely going to take a look at it and make whatever ne- changes they uh, feel are necessary. And um, hopefully, we can get back to playing like basketball again because. I think we've always had this throughout the throughout the seasons. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's magnified a lot by social media, um, because I think for me, maybe, maybe well, no, nah, because I really wasn't on social media when it happened, and I don't need to go on social media right. for everybody to say the same thing that I just saw. <laughs> right. You know, that's all everybody can be tweeting like, "That's a foul. That's a foul." Oh yeah, duh. But this has always happened. Like, there have always been moments where you just sitting there watching the game and as a fan, you'd be like, oh, my God, how do you miss that call? Like, that's a clear foul. So I don't know what they're going to do about it, but I think they need to do something and maybe pull the referees together, have a talk with them, and um, and get this thing right before you get to the playoffs and this happens and it, it, it impacts the series and somebody ends up winning a game because of it. So... Well, you know it can, and, and that leads me to another question. And you, 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 you actually sent me in that direction. The NBA, like you said, full disclosure, and I, I get why. Like B mentioned a little earlier about Tim Donaghy, um, I understand why the NBA wants to have full disclosure, and I also understand that the NBA is trying 
to make sure that these games don't go. I mean, think about it. The average NBA game is about what two, two fifteen, maybe two, no more than two hours and thirty minutes. They don't want a three hour basketball game, right? So I get it, and and so I understand why they don't want to necessarily involve replay as much as they did. But we also that you know that Cleveland um, Golden State game. I mean, bro, the last two minutes was almost like, almost like how you play the last, like you play game point at the Y. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole bunch of fouling, and nobody's trying yep. to concede anything. And it just, it, 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 I understand. Yeah, you don't want the games to 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 drag on, but you also don't want to miss that call. That call that, or the call that wasn't made when when the Greek freak stepped on the line. I mean, the ref was right there on the baseline. I don't understand how you miss. I, I understand that he was looking at his body, but this guy's six foot 11. You got to see him step on the line. And if you don't, I think that that's unfair for OKC because, you know, I'm not, I don't know how you fix that, but I maybe you do bring into a, cha- a challenge situation where, where, where a coach can challenge something. Because if, if let's say, I don't know if it's like football, if he had a challenge flag, Billy Donovan could have challenged that because if you saw the game or saw the highlight, after the Greek freak slams on Russell Westbrook, there's only like 0.3 seconds left in the game. So they don't have enough time to get off a shot. So, yeah, we can, like you said, Kim, we don't know that the fouls against LeBron would have how the outcome would have been. But we do know that that basket that Greek freaks scored on would have been waved off. So it's a different ball game. So, and so my question to you guys is, and I'll start with you, B., what about this this LM report they're sending out? It's this last minute where they basically the NBA basically comes to disclose uh, they they release a report saying okay well the refs got this right or they got this wrong. Um, what do you think about this report that they're releasing uh, after these controversial calls? Uh, I didn't even hear about that. Um, but like I said, I think like what I said before, I think it's just them trying to be transparent. Letting the fans know, because I, like I said, that stain with my man, the the, the referee gambling, mm-hmm. that was a bad. But um, yeah, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the it's the LM report. Um, I don't know. I guess it stands for last minute. But yeah, they they've been really. They started this. I want to say maybe about a year or so ago. Um, like, what's the purpose of them doing this? Like, it, it goes back to what you just said. They want to disclose when something you know something is deemed controversial as to whether or not the refs got it right. Um, I, I think it's a slippery slope. I'm not a fan of it because here's the thing, you know, you go back to the OKC game or, or you go back to that, the Golden State, uh, uh, Cavs game when the NBA comes out and says, okay, well, Hey, the refs blew these calls. You know, it's not like we're going to go back to the arena. Yeah. It makes it look worse. And it's not like we're going to go back to the arena and replay the game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so at that point, the game is decided. The game is already decided. And think about it like this. If we can say, okay, well, this OKC Milwaukee game, you know, okay, that's a loss that let's say OKC shouldn't have gotten. That one loss could be the difference between them being a seven seed and an eight seed. That could be the difference between them being a four seed and a five seed. You know, something that could determine home home court advantage. We don't know how that one game could you know play in. And of course, you know, it's not going to keep them. I don't think it's going to keep them out the playoffs, but. You know, it's just I'm not a fan of it, man. And I, I mean, like you, you come in and say, hey, we blew this. It's not like the outcome changes that that's my only gripe about it. You know, it's 
I understand the transparency, but it just doesn't change anything. Ken, what's your take on them using this report? I have mixed feelings about it. On, on one hand, I like it, um, mainly because it settles a lot of debate. Um, because, you know, at the end of, end of games, there's a lot of back and forth on whether one thing is a foul mm-hmm. or not. And people are like, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Blah, 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 blah. And it goes back and forth. And when you have an official report that basically confirms it one way or the other, then at that point you be like, all right. Like, I'm sure – there was a lot of discussion on, on social media about the Harden plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, no question. You know what I'm saying? So you have Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart draped all over him, and he pushes off twice. And, you know, if you're a Rockets fan or you're a Harden's fan, you're like, well, he was fouled first. And I, I think, if I remember correctly, they they didn't say – they said that Harden definitely fouled him, but I don't think they said that Smart fouled him. Mm. So at that point, if I remember that's how it went, then that settled. So Harden was the person that that did did the offending in that situation. So for me, I, I like it from from that standpoint, but it's not going to change anything. You don't have a way of changing anything, and um, and it's not cleaning up the game. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like, what are you guys doing with this data? What are you guys doing with with, with this report? Are you guys using this as a, as a coaching tool, right. um, you know, to help get things right? Because we, we continue to see the same mistakes over and over again. There are missed calls over and over again. I like that they reduced it from all games to close games because those are the ones that matter. Nobody mm-hmm. care about a 10-point blowout or a 15- or 20-point blowout, what happens in the last two minutes. Um, but the ones that we've had lately where it's within five points or so, yeah, we need to know what happened. And then for me, what are you guys doing with this? And are you guys using this as a way to to make sure that you guys can be as clean as possible um, moving forward? And, and for me, if that's what they're doing, then I'm okay with it. Do you have to publicize it? No, but I think what it also does for the NBA is it removes some debate from sports media and these mm-hmm. talk shows. Because okay. now you have an official report that, you know, you know how everybody loves to say, well, the facts are the facts. Well, okay, that, that's the report. That report, you know, can be used as a fact for most people to support their argument. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and the report can be used to say, hey, we messed up. We're, we're admitting that we messed up. I guess the, the thing is that can satisfy some fans, but, it you know, it's not it's not any consolation to James Harden and his teammates. It's not any consolation. And, you know, <laughs> I found it funny. They asked LeBron about it like the next day. And LeBron was like, he's like, no, they asked LeBron after the game. He was like, well, I got fouled. He's like, I got fouled twice. He's like, but what am I going to do about it? You know, and, and you could kind of tell LeBron was he was a little pissed that he had to answer the question, but he was pissed that KD fouled him. You know, and and I, that doesn't take away from how cool he is with Katie or anything like that. But he felt like he got fouled. He clearly got he clearly got fouled at, at the very least on the second play. So you know, I coming back and saying, well, hey, yeah, the refs blew two calls. You know, unless you're going to replace those refs with other refs, it's you know, it's I can appreciate the transparency, but you know, it doesn't make the I don't think it makes the players feel any better. 
Um, but I do agree with you, Ken. I think the NBA is they're going to have to try to fix this thing and get it to where, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen. Because ultimately, you know, you know, as we get close, I mean, we're we're coming up on, you know, the, the midpoint of the season in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, we'll be headed towards, you know, the backside of the season and then into the playoffs. And, you know, you don't want something like that to stain the game or just, you know, stain the, the playoffs because, you know, we don't have that kind of kind of, you know, interaction and problems, if you will, or image problems with the NBA. Um, speaking of the NBA, as at the time of this recording, uh, Isaiah Thomas tonight has made his uh, return or debut, if you will. With the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, he came back and he scored what seventeen points tonight. Uh, th- had th- had three assists uh, in nineteen minutes. Um, so Isaiah Thomas is back. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he's going to give them, you know, in limited minutes until he gets, you know, his stamina up. He's going to give them a, a shot in the arm. Um, but I guess my question is, is with the chemistry, um, B, how do you think Isaiah Thomas is? you know, return to the Cavs lineup. Do you think it's going to hurt uh, their chemistry that they have right now? No, I don't think it's going to hurt him. Um, if anything, I think LeBron is going to make sure it's going to work because, you know, he's he's been he's been hogging a lot of minutes. He's been mm-hmm. hogging a lot of minutes. Yeah, he and I think he's going he's gonna to want to get that offensive break. <laughs> you know, come playoffs, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how much, even though LeBron is a freak of nature, but – him playing these minutes that he's playing now and then and doing this all season and in the playoffs to the finals, you know, I think he's gonna he's gonna make this work, man. He's gonna he's gonna have to make it work for Isaiah to get in and give him some, you know, offensive you know, kinda give him a break offensively. If we need buckets, hey, guess what? I don't need to be on the floor. Isaiah's been in this position with Boston where he was that guy. So, um I, I think it ain't gonna mess up nothing. It's just more more so it's just him getting his rhythm back and getting, you know, getting the feel of the game back. I don't think it's going to mess up anything, man. LeBron James seems like he's too good of a teammate to let something like that, you know, interfere with their season. You know what I'm saying? And, and the end goal is to win a championship. So mm-hmm. I can see LeBron James being mature enough to letting that happen. I, I don't think it's going to mess up anything. I mean, if anything you want to worry about, it might take a little bit of steam away from Kevin Love because Kevin Love has been playing great. Yeah, he's been playing great. This season, being the second guy, you know, the, the, the second, you know, the second go-to guy. So... That's going to be interesting, but I just think overall, I think they should they'll be all right. I think they'll be good. Ken, what about you? How do you think uh, Isaiah Thomas's uh, return and to this uh, this well, actually his debut with this Cavs team uh, is going to affect either positively or positively or negatively affect their uh, lineup and their chemistry? Well, you know, I, I think B's last point is is the one that's kind of concerning to me. Uh, Kevin Love, because Kevin Love, I mean, hey, man, he, he look like he back in Minnesota. And with the way he and LeBron are playing together, not having to share the ball, at least for Kevin Love, with, with Kyrie Irving, it, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> this is why I came to Cleveland. And for LeBron, it's right. like, this is why I wanted him here. Because mm-hmm. they were actually going to Kevin Love as as a primary score, scoring option on a lot of plays. Like, he was putting in work against Golden State, and he wasn't intimidated. He wasn't afraid. So what happens with IT's return now? Because tonight he put up 17 points in freaking uh, in, in 19 minutes. 19 minutes, yeah, 19 minutes. He took he was 6 to 12. Yeah, so he's going to be, in a, a, you know, for the most part, an efficient score. Uh, he's – look, they got called a run at, at, at starting. 
and there were times in, in, in some of the games that they played in where his limitations were felt because mm-hmm. they didn't – I mean, it's only so much he could do. Isaiah Thomas changes that. Um, like, Kevin Love only had seven shots. I don't know if this game was a blowout or not. Uh, looks like it was one by seventeen. It was, it was, yeah, but it was relatively close, and, and I think Cleveland pulled away in the fourth quarter. Okay, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, he only got seven shots. Isaiah Thomas took twelve already. But <laughs> <laughs> like, like Kyrie, me, Kyrie part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a little concerning for me because I think with Kevin Love as the two. I think the for me what I've seen this year the Cavs are a lot more effective um, and, and more potent as a unit. But what IT brings to them is he brings uh, another offensive weapon. And at times we've seen that you need a guy that's going to be able to go go get it at, at at the one position, and that can help you close out games down the stretch. So now you got LeBron, now you got Wade because I think Wade helped lead a comeback that fell short against Milwaukee. So, but he was a catalyst for it. Um, but you know, he's nearing the twilight of his career. So, you know, he need to save some of that for the playoffs. And now you got a guy who was the guy in Boston. And B's absolutely right. One thing LeBron is going to do is he he's going to help figure out and make all of this work on the court. And the last thing is I got to give a lot of props to Tyrone Lue because I, I, he's somehow figured it out. And the way he's scattering these minutes and playing with these rotations, um, he seems to, to really got some some things going here. So I think he has enough talent to where, with IT back, he doesn't have to play LeBron as much, like B said. And mm-hmm. uh, and IT can can be that guy. Jeff Green can help be that guy too. I think they struggle more with Tristan Thompson coming back than probably with Isaiah Thomas coming back. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. for me, man, I I. I it's going to be interesting to see how this all play out because what happens in the fourth quarter. But um, I don't know. But they definitely, definitely need him because if you've seen any of those games and you saw what Calderon was doing on the court, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, now I see where IT can be of value. And, um, and we'll see how it plays out. So too bad he's not playing tomorrow. In Boston, yeah, 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 I was, I was hoping that he would, but he, like you said, he's, he's not actually been. Cl- I don't think he's been cleared to play in back to backs, and they, they make their first trip. Uh, no, it's actually a second trip, uh, but this will be his first trip back to Boston. Um, I saw where some people were mad. Uh, watching some on uh, Twitter, where some people were mad because. Boston wanted to do a tribute video to Isaiah Thomas, and he said, "No, nah, I'm good." You know, I, he had his reasoning for it, and he he explained it in a tweet. Um, you know why he didn't want that done. It wasn't any in his eyes. It wasn't any disrespect, but you know, some people got in their feelings about it. Um, nonetheless, I think uh, I, I think I don't think he's going to hinder this 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 lineup or this chemistry. I think it's going to be some adjustments because, like you guys said. Uh, Kevin Love has been playing lights out. Um, I think you go back to that, like you mentioned, uh, Ken, um, you go back to that Christmas Day game against Golden State. Uh, Kevin Love clearly outplayed Draymond, which is something that you know hasn't been happening. Um, but you know he was he was the guy that was keeping them in the game. 
you know, when when they needed buckets, they were going to him, and he was. I, I know. I want to say he had like 15, 16 rebounds. So he was doing his 18, thing on the glass. Yeah, okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This is even be- bigger. Um. So you know, like you said, that was almost like the old Minnesota Kevin, um, Kevin Love. So you know, here comes this dynamic of this, you know, shoot first guard that he has to deal with and play with, if you will. Uh, LeBron. You know, he doesn't have a problem with it, but it, it'll be an adjustment for Kevin. And maybe it won't be as big of an adjustment because, you know, he went through that with Kyrie. But, you know, sometimes you, you know, kind of have to try to figure out and find your shot. And I, one thing I've seen in some of the uh, Cavs games is that, you know, LeBron early has made a conscience, you know, early and often in the games to get love going, you know, because he knows that he can get his shot and get his get himself going when he needs to. But, you know, you can make a case, man. Other Outside of that finals, LeBron is playing some of the best ball that he's played ever in his career. He just turned 33 last week. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. Like you mentioned, Tristan Thompson, whose name has been uh, in, you know, trade rumors as well as Amon Shumpert. Uh, those guys, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle D. Wade's minutes off the bench. Um, you know, because these guys are going to get less minutes and maybe less shots, if you will, Jr. Uh, you know, he's still hit or miss. Uh, the Cavs are probably still going to win games. I think it's going to be a while before we can really look at them and say, yo, this is the Cavs team that we think that we're going to see the rest of the way. Um, and we're still not sure, you know, how good Isaiah Thomas is going to be if he's going to if he's going to be his, himself uh, who he was prior to this injury. But if he can come back to being himself and they can, you know, work himself, work him into this lineup. Uh, the way they want to. I think the Cavs, you know, are poised to be right back there in the NBA Finals again, uh, presumably to face uh, Golden State. So I'm looking forward to seeing how probably the next 10, 15, 20 games shake out, uh, you know, this season as to how, you know, they work Isaiah Thomas into the fold. Um, Before we get out of here, man, one little thing we like to do each time, uh, that we're on the podcast. One little thing called One Gotta Go. Uh, these are not from me. These are from uh, the mind of my homie uh, Eclectic. Be sure to follow on Twitter at One The Number One Gotta Go. Uh, pretty simple game uh, sweeping social media. Uh, give You get four choices. Um, they can be random choices. They can be within a theme. Uh, you pick one. One has to leave forever. Um so before we get out of here, let me pull it up here. Let's see what we got here. Let's see. I got one, two, NBA, a little hip-hop, and a little college football. Okay, so let's go and be. I'll start first with you. Let's go NBA two guards. Um, let's do it like this. All right, one guy to go. Allen Houston. Steve Smith. Eddie Jones or Latrell Sprewell? One got to go. Allen Houston, Steve Smith, Eddie Jones or Latrell Sprewell? I say Eddie Jones. It seemed like his longevity wasn't as, as, it seemed like his reign in the NBA wasn't as long as the rest of the guys. Okay, okay. And all of these dudes were all stars too. Now that I think about it, dope all stars at that. Okay. So you get rid of Eddie Jones. What about you, Ken? Eddie Jones, Latrell Sprewell, Steve Smith, and Allen Houston. One got to go. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to lean 
Eddie Jones? Um, because I think you know. I mean, man, he he could he could play. Um, but yeah, Allen Houston, man, he, he was a bad boy. Um, uh, Steve Smith. Like at first, I was leaning towards Steve Smith, but then I remembered. Steve Smith got down. Steve Smith got down, man. So, and uh, and you know, I'm not getting real little trail speed rail anytime. You know, a white man can go out and choke a, a black, a black man can go out and choke a white man and, and get away, get, get away with it. He all right with me. You oh, you stupid. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm complete the trifecta, man. I'm gonna get rid of Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, but don't sleep. Eddie Jones is dope, man. Like I said, multiple all stars. Uh, many people don't realize that Eddie Jones was in place when Kobe got there, and you know, yep. so um, you know the Lakers. I tell people all the time, like, and it's it's not a knock on Kobe, but when Kobe got to the Lakers, they had Van Exel, they had Eddie Jones, and they had Shaq. All three were all stars. So yeah, Eddie Jones was that dude, man. Yeah, and once Kobe dude. took over, it was a wrap. You didn't hear from him again. Exactly. Went to Miami, and then yep. that was like it. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's go. Let's go. Old school point guards. Um, start with you, uh, Tim Hardaway, Nick Van Exel, Rod Strickland, Gary Payton. One oh, gotta go. Wow. Van Axel. Van Axel. Okay, you getting rid of Nick the that Quick. That was easy. That was kind of easy for me. Van Axel. Yeah, what about you? Van Axel? Uh Tim Hardaway, Gary Payton, or Rod Strickland? I think I'm gonna go with B, man. Like, um, yeah, Tim, Tim, man. Tim was something else. Um I I, I love Rod's game. Um and um yeah, yeah, Van Axel. Man, that's so uh, can get up. and and Gary, man, Gary, Gary's going nowhere, nowhere, man. I, right. I like I like the glove, man. So, uh, yeah, Van Axel. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get rid of Van Axel too. Um, Rod Strickland was that dude, man. Rod Strickland, so yeah, slippery. Man, I love his, Rod Strickland. Man, man, his game was so smooth, man. He was one of the first like big. Remember, B he was like one of the first big point guards. Um, you know, he wasn't like a, a he. I guess the best way I can do it, like he was solid. He wasn't. Ross Strickland's probably about 6'3", 6'4", but he was solid. And so, like, you know, he was one of those guards. This was back in the NBA where you could you, <laughs> where you, could, you could get the ball at the elbow and just back a guy down. There was no five-second rule or nothing like that. Um, but, yeah, his game was real crafty, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get rid of Van Axel. Um, Ken, I'll start with you. NBA, let's go NBA rookies. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis – Dennis Smith Jr. and what's my man name here? Uh, pull it up. Just lost it just that fast. Jason Tatum. One got to go. Jason Tatum. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he <laughs> Jason Tatum. Man, I, I, I like Kuzma, man. Like man you, said, don't like, you don't like Tatum again? He all right, man. I, 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 I like him. I think he, you know, he has a promising future. But, um, but I like Kuzma's aggressiveness. Um, I like Dennis Smith Jr. I, I think he's gonna do good things. Um, don't even, every time you bring up Mitchell, it pisses me off. Don't even don't even say his name. Donovan Mitchell, Rookie of the Year, baby. <laughs> don't say Donovan it. Mitchell. Don't you say hey. it. He's been hey, he's man. been on this no. Donovan Mitchell kick here recently. 
man. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, every time when I hear me. Donovan Mitchell, I think of how stupid the freaking Pistons were. Man, let me tell you something. B. I was I, yelling. I remember when we was drafting this year. I was I had yelling no at the clue screen. This dude was this I was good. like, "Get Donovan Mitchell." We didn't get him. Lo and behold, Utah had the next pick, and that's what they got. I said, "You was stupid." I drafted who? Uh, the big the kid Luke Kennard Kennard. from Duke. He's a piece, but he's not like a, a centerpiece, especially if you drafting that high. Like Donovan Mitchell can change your franchise. Yeah, this kid can play. So, and I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Utah Jazz games, but that one happened to be on one late one night, and I was up. This this kid can play. I had no clue he was this good. I knew he could play. I knew it. I knew Duke can ball. Now the only person that the only person that went under my radar a little bit was um Dennis Smith Jr. When I started seeing him at like um you know playing in the summer league and then mm-hmm. preseason, I was like, whoa. That's why I think when we had our pre NBA show, I was like, yo man, that guy gonna quietly win rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, that, that was my pick for rookie of the year when we did the, the preview show. Yeah. Um. So Ken, you say you getting rid of Tatum? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get rid of Tatum. Okay. Be who you getting rid of. One got to go. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Jason Tatum, Kyle yeah, Kuzma, or Donovan Mitchell. I'm getting rid of Kuzma. What? Okay. Yeah, I'm getting rid of him. Man, getting rid Kuzma, of him. Can, Kuzma gets down. Uh, he, he can ball. I, I, I think Tatum. I think Tatum. Man, Tatum got a good upside. Man, I think he. I think he. He might be. He might be like a. Uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way. He might be like a broke man's Grant Hill. Okay. Yeah, I, I like Tatum too, man. Um, oh. You know, I, a, I usually I usually can't stand Duke boys, but you know, I give it to him. Tatum a baller because there's been moments where he had to step up and he stepped up. Like him and Jalen Brown, they it was moments where them them boys was clutch. You know what I'm saying? Him and Tatum and uh Tatum, you know Tatum and Brown, they stepped up, man. So I, I give Tatum his props. He plays too preppy for me. <laughs> it's that Duke, it's that, I know, it's that it's, Duke, it's Duke, man. It's yeah. Duke, man. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, Kyle, Kyrie Irving don't play preppy, but hell, he only played 10 games at Duke. But, yeah, Jason Tatum, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, Ken, but, hey, he textbook good, man. Tim Duncan's yes. preppy. Tim Duncan got the job done. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to get rid of Kuzma, too. Um, I, And I like his game. I like his game. I just – these other – can these other three? I just like I like the games just a little bit more. All right, let's go hip hop. Uh, Ken, I'll start with you. Hip hop diss records. One gotta go. No Vaseline. Ether. Uh, the takeover. Hit him up. One gotta go. Takeover. Takeover. You crazy man. <laughs> The summer jams, great. Come on, Ken. Come on, man. No, va- no Vaseline is not going anywhere ever. So, okay, ever. B, hit B, him up. We're okay, we gonna, right. we gonna cut off Ken's mic. B, no Vaseline. N.W.A. Ether. Nas. Uh, the takeover. Jay Z. Or hit him up. Tupac. One gotta go. B. O B. Man, this is really tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's rendered him speechless. Yeah, you hear me? Oh yeah, oh, go hey, 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 there he is. <laughs> yeah, I was right. saying. Um, I said I would like. I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate on this on this, but 
I think Ken know where I'm going. The features really messed this song up oh, for me. Thank you. And thank I'm about to say hit him up, man. I, I gotta you. say hit him up. Just because look, thank look, I'm not look, people that's listening, I'm not saying I didn't like hit him up. Let's let's not get this confused. Hit him up was a great diss track. Yes, it is. It is. It's one of the best ones. Is it my favorite? No. But if I if I had to pick out of those, I gotta pick hit him up because the, the the features messed this song up for me. I'm sorry. If if it if it was just pop, this would probably be number one or two. Exactly. But the features, man, was it Outlaws? Them? They, yeah, the Outlaws. They met. They they messed this song up for me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just speaking facts. They you ain't got to apologize for speaking the truth, man. I said the same thing. <laughs> they messed the song up for me. I mean, you cannot say, you cannot tell me that you listen to Outlaws versus on Hit 'Em Up and say, "Ooh, that was tight." Like right. you cannot tell me that. You was lying to yourself if you tell me that. Right. But Pac versus, oh yeah, Pac was snapping. Yeah, Pac, yeah, Pac, 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 Pac was snapping. Pac and was I mean, snapping. and it came out of nowhere. And, you know, nobody knew anything about, you know, the alleged. You get know, out the stuff. way, yo. Get out the way, yo. Oh, that, that messed the whole flow up. Yeah, man. Let me say something. When you have a diss record and you're a rapper, you you it's just you by yourself. You don't need it's anybody else to help you. you know? This is between you and Biggie. Exactly. I want Pac to go nuts. Pac was supposed to go nuts by himself. That's what made it so hand. dope, though. Nah, I can't. Nah, that's what made it whack. He shouldn't have put them whack-ass outlaws on there, man. Dude, Ken, you cannot tell me them outlaws brought yeah. something to that. Outlaws killed that song. That. Hey, hey Ken, Ken, it's so bad. When I hear this song, I'll listen to Pac verse, and when the outlaws come on, I turn the song off. <laughs> yeah. And I love Pac, man. Much, much love to Pac, man. And these are four incredible discs, but I'm not. I'm not getting rid of Takeover. Nah. Not at all. No Vaseline is number one in my book. Ether is probably number two. Yeah, man, these dudes, they messed it up, man. If it was just Pac by himself, he could have just done that verse and been done with it. That was it. Because man. even though, hey, hey, Kyle, even though you didn't put this on the list, but even in this song, the features was good. With a uh, real motherfucking G's with Easy E. Yeah. The features on that song, those dudes was tight. Like, they, they brought another layer to the diss track, but Tupac bringing outlaws, that, that they didn't, they didn't add nothing to the diss track. Yeah, and you know, I would have accepted you know that because when Dre Day came out, Dre had Snoop on it. So, you know, if he had, you know, back up on it, that's different. But I mean, this was just big. Oh, that's a Pop. good point. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, this was just big in Pop. Man, we ain't, we ain't need them outlaw dudes, man. And for the record, if the outlaws listen, I don't, I don't want no trouble. I don't want no smoke. We cool. <laughs> I don't want no problems. These dudes might be in Atlanta somewhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, that that yeah, we got to get Ken out of here. All right, last one, man. Um, I saw this one online, and uh, this one actually didn't come from at one got to go, but I saw this one online, and and you know, because a lot of imitators, and I don't know who actually created this one, but it's pretty interesting. Um, B, I'll start with you. College quarterback, just their college. We, we're just gonna judge them by what they did in college. Cam Newton, Michael Vick, Vince Young, or Deshaun Watson. One got to go. Sorry, say that one more time. Cam, we're only judging college, not their pro career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Newton at Auburn, Michael Vick at Virginia Tech, Vincent Young at Texas, and Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Oh, man, I hate to do this, man. And all these guys you named, the one guy I'm a name didn't win it. He didn't. He didn't win the big game, the championship at Virginia Tech, man. I gotta go with Mike Vick. What? 
Yeah, all the other guys. True indeed. Gotta go. True indeed. I, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. Mike Vick didn't look. Cam Newton had all that crap going against him. Like you know, all the off field <laughs> issues, the interference. Man, white folks were trying to pull Cam down. Cam was smiling and took Auburn to an undefeated season in the national championship. Beat Nick Saban. Sean Watson. Sean Watson was like a, a, a few yards away from repeating, beating mm-hmm. Alabama twice. Twice. He's not. He's not going anywhere. And 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 Vince Young is not going anywhere. I, I Mike Vick didn't. He didn't get no championship. He, he you know he was he was the most probably one of the most exciting guys to watch in college. But you can't do that and not win the big games, baby. There you go. There you go. What about you, Ken? Uh, Cam Newton at Auburn, <sighs> who won the Heisman. Michael Vick at Virginia Tech. Vince Young, who won the Heisman at Texas. And Deshaun Watson at Clemson. One got to go. Did Deshaun win the Heisman? Nah, no. he didn't win it. Oh, man. Um, you know, as much as I hate to say this, man, Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> man. <laughs> Look, man. Let me let me tell you what what and, and this. I think we're missing this, man. I, I haven't seen it. Like, and maybe I didn't see this. Okay, but Vic, we already know, man. Vic Vic had the culture lit. Like Vic, uh, Vince Young, Cam Newton. Like they had black folks. Like, excuse me, they had black folks. Like, like lit, man. Like. We love them brothers, man. Deshaun Watson, you know, he he was a, he was a – like, I can't take away the championship. You, you guys listen to this program. You know, I talk about him glowingly all the time. But, you know, he, he was missing that brother connection. And, uh, and, I, and I consider that a factor when I think about these guys. We already know what Vic did. Vic, Vic, did, Vic came into the NFL. Brothers were like, oh, I can't wait to see this dude. Same thing with Cam Newton. Cam Newton slipped a little bit. But he still got the brothers on, on his side. And Vince Young just got robbed. But Vince Young took down, uh, I mean, like B said, man, one of the greatest games ever. Uh, so, yeah, man. Yeah. I, man, I love Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, um, he, he wasn't in the culture like that, man. So, I got to get him out of here. Okay, so you getting rid of him because he wasn't in the culture? <laughs> Can't like man, brother. He he wasn't he wasn't black enough. <laughs> was he supposed to come there with a do rag? You know, dressed dressed like the Migos or something. I'm just saying, if I go to the barbershop, you know, I, I want to be able to talk about my brother, my brother Deshaun Watson. I don't want people like, oh, uh, who? Yeah, I ain't had a chance to see him play. Everybody was everybody was talking about Vince Young, and and you know uh, Cam Newton and 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 uh, and Michael Vick. Michael Vick probably the most. You know, Deshaun and see, Watson. You know? And see, B, this this is why I I this is why I came with some numbers. Like I I never do nothing. You know, normally one got to go. I don't argue with people. I, you know, we 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 say our, our, we state our peace. But I knew Ken was gonna come with this with this shenanigans. He he already starting off twenty eighteen on the wrong foot. <laughs> Let me give you some numbers here, Kenneth. Uh, against Alabama, a game like B said that he almost won. He went. 30 for 47 for 405 yards. In a game that he won, he went 36 for 56 for 420 yards. Three touchdowns. So, no, nah, I'm not getting rid of Deshaun Watson. I'm not getting rid of Deshaun Watson. The easiest pick is, is just like B said. I'm getting rid of Michael Vick because oh – Mike. And I'm going to tell you why Michael Vick got to go. He didn't win the championship. And, 
and and it's no knock on Michael Vick because you guys know I'm a Florida State fan. Michael Vick, as a retro freshman, single-handedly put Virginia Tech on his back and damn near beat my Seminoles by himself. Damn near, but he didn't do it. These other three gentlemen did. Cam, like I said, put you know that team on his back. Auburn rolled the wave. He beat a great Nick Saban defense. He beat he beat the crap out of Oregon in the championship game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Vince Young, we know what his his, his we know what he did on, on the biggest stage. Um, and Deshaun Watson, nah, I, Vic gotta go, man. And, and again, we're only talking about college, and, and we, we're talking about small sample size because Vic was there what two years, and then that was it. But yeah, man, I, I'm going. I'm, Michael Vick got to go. I I hate to do it, you know, because he got drafted by the hometown team. But yeah, man, I I, I knew you were gonna come with this foolishness, Ken. I just <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> I was like, man, watch Ken say Watson. He's gonna say Watson. I gave I you the numbers, man. I, I gave you so. the numbers. Those those numbers those numbers are impressive. I don't think it, other than Vince. I don't, and I don't have Vince's numbers ahead in front of me, but I know Vince threw for like 300 yards and he rushed for like another buck 50 or something like that. Um, but other than that, nobody else put up those kind of numbers that, that Deshaun Watson put up on back to back years again against the number one. Go look at that defense that, <laughs> and this is the last thing I'm going to say go look at that defense that Alabama had and look at all those, those NFL guys that ended up playing in the NFL that Deshaun Washington destroyed. Man, Nick Saban still having nightmares about Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, man, I'm not getting rid of Deshaun. Again, goes back to what B said. No championship for Vic. If Vic wins the championship, then, you know, shit, it's tough then. <laughs> I don't know if we I don't know if I can get rid of any of them then. But um, but yeah, man. I, yeah, one gotta go. So yeah. Play along, follow the game at one, the number one gotta go. Shout out to Eclectic coming through with these. Um now it's about time for us to wrap up the podcast. I I, I think I mentioned that at the beginning, but uh, FIFO did, he wasn't able to join us tonight. So uh, shout out to that brother. We'll catch up with him on next week. Uh, it is time for our closing thoughts. Uh, my man B is up first. B, what you got for your final thought? Um, not really much, man. Just make sure. Uh, I'm glad we in the um. Second half of college season, college basketball, uh, the, uh, the um, conference play is, is is underway, about to get underway. We're about to have all the teams. This is where the real season begins. And um, also make sure you haven't, you know, vote on your favorite NBA players. I voted for Andre Drummond for the East. Hopefully he can make the All-Star game. Um, you know, just regular NBA stuff, man. Um, once again, me and Ken, we're the uh, fantasy football champions in, the, in our co-league. Um, happy about that. Hope you guys had a wonderful uh, New Year's and, and, and Christmas and all that other wonderful stuff. But, yeah, I'm just happy that college basketball is about to get into the nitty-gritty. And, oh, yeah, and, you know, NFL playoffs is going to be fun hearing, hearing about this and how everything goes. Um, I'm still with Ken, still on my football strike, so I'm just watching, like, highlights and scores on the ESPN app. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. But, yeah, that's it. True indeed, true indeed. Ken, what about you? What's your uh, final thought? Uh, well, you guys know I'm, I'm- – pro brother and uh and i didn't think marvin lewis was gonna make it uh, <laughs> but they just gave that brother two i don't more know years. how <laughs> i think it's dope man i think it's dope i i, I do <gasps> like i i couldn't like if somebody said marvin lewis needs to go i don't have much of a leg to stand on I, I can't argue much now because you know the the team is kind of falling back a little bit but uh 
but you know it's hard it's hard to get them brothers in in that job so uh so yeah shout out to him for uh staying around for another two oh. years man go ahead b oh I got something I want to say too. Uh, unfortunately, you know, shout out to Jim Caldwell. He got fired uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, Lions, you know, Lions end up going nine and seven. I really think that Cincinnati loss hurt hurt him. But um, I that, wish he could have got Falcon loss him. hurt, man. Huh? That Falcon loss really hurt uh, the Lions. No, I'm just talking about like coming. Like all we had to do was beat Cincinnati, and we would have we whooped Green Bay. If we'd have mm-hmm. beat Cincinnati. We probably would have been in the playoffs over Atlanta because Atlanta had lost that week. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that he had to go out. I, I wish he could have got one more year, one more. But um, you know, it, you know, winning coach went to the playoffs twice out of four years. You know, sometimes some of these firings, I just don't understand. A player seems to be, you know, the players seem to really have his back and be behind him. So I didn't understand why the organization still, you know, canned him. Like I said, one more year, I'd have been, I'd have been cool with. Cause he was on the hot seat, kind of going into the season. But I'd have been cool if they'd have gave him one more year to see what he was going to do. But you know, shout out to Jim Caldwell. I hope he get a job somewhere else, another head coaching job, not a not a a defensive coordinator for a college team or something like that. I hope he hope he get another shot in being a head coach somewhere. And but um, yeah, you know, you gotta say farewell to the brother. I don't know when next time Trey Lyons gonna have a brother as a coach. So I just gotta <laughs> give him a, a shout out. So that's all I had to say. Well, I, and I think the thing is, man, like, how, how did you guys do before he got there, right? You know, you guys, for the most part, struggled, right? You guys didn't even make the playoffs, did yeah. you? Yeah, we made the playoffs once under under Schwartz. I think I'm saying his name right. Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, we, we went to playoffs once under him. But four years and two playoff appearances. Win yeah, a record. Win, one. Yeah. win a record, 38 and 26. 26, yeah. Like he's yeah. he's he came in there and and you can start to see his he influence. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's unfortunate, man. And I had a feeling that they were going to do that. I think there was an ownership change or a GM change or something like that, right? And yeah, um, yeah so he, you know, he was on borrowed time because typically guys, when that happens, they like to get their own guy in. And to their credit, they allow him to stick stick around. Excuse me, to see how things, you know, went and they just didn't go well for him this year. But the brother has proven he can coach. Like, it's hard to win in Detroit. <laughs> it's hard to win in Detroit. And and he was able to do that in four years and get to the playoffs in in, in uh two of those four years. So he was he was part two of uh, my pro brother of uh, uh final thought and uh and I, I hated seeing him go down. Um but you know, I, I kind of get it. My my boy, my boy Gerald saying he said Jim Caldwell was our Rick Carlisle, so we need our Larry Brown now. Mm. Uh, mm. Okay, yeah, but um, but it, it that's, happens. That's, man. that's what they talking. That's what they talking in Detroit right now. They like, okay, Caldwell is our. He was all right, but he just couldn't get us over there. So we need like that coach that's gonna take us over the home. Top. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's tough. Um. Were, were you finished, Ken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, my final thought, man, uh, I think the NFL really needs to look at, you know, how they enforce and penalize teams uh, that don't comply with the Rooney rule. Um, if you're familiar with uh, the NFL, they have this rule in place named after the late 
owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dan Rooney, in which a minority candidate must be interviewed for a head coaching position before a position can be filled. Uh, rumors started to spread almost immediately, well, actually coming into Sunday's game, uh, final game with the uh, with the Raiders that, you know, Jack Del Rio was going to be fired and be replaced. Um, Jack Del Rio subsequently was fired like as soon as the game was over. By the time he met with the press after the game, uh, he he informed the press that the ownership had let him know that he was being relieved of his duties. And then the rumors began swirling that uh, former Raider coach and now current uh, ABC ESPN broadcaster John Gruden would be, you know, basically a shoe in for the job and be, quote unquote, given an opportunity at part ownership of the team as well as being the head coach. Well, the problem with that is if the Raiders have already pegged Gruden as the, you know, next guy up, what happened to the Rooney rule? Shouldn't they have to, you know, at the very least interview a minority? And then it got me and some of my boys to, you know, into the discussion and uh, quite, you know, heated discussion. If you're a minority candidate, if your brother out there is Kim mentioned, and you kind of clearly see that the writing is on the wall and you're an offensive coordinator or your defensive coordinator and Oakland says, hey, we want you to come in and interview for the head coaching gig. Do you take that interview? You know, that's a good question. I, and I want everybody listening to kind of think about it. Should you take that interview when you know pretty much that there's a 99.9% chance that you're not going to get the job, that you're only being brought in for a token? Uh, so I'll leave y'all with that thought, man. Think about that. Would you interview for a position? And it's not like, you know, the jobs that we work. There's only 32 of these NFL head coaching jobs. But I think the NFL needs to make sure that, you know, situations like this, that you're not putting a minority candidate, a brother position where, you know, he has to just show up for a token interview when he really doesn't have a legitimate shot. Because we all know, keep it real, John Gruden is, other than, you know, maybe not coming to contract terms, John Gruden's going to get this job. He's already spoken openly about it. He, di- he did not, you know, now he said publicly that, you know, he appreciates being considered for the job. He's saying all of the PC things, but come on, man, we know what time it is. He's already been the coach there before. He knows what time it is. So, you know, some minority candidate is going to get a phone call and say, hey, can you come in and interview, interview with us? Should you take that interview? Knowing that, again, in all likelihood, you're not going to get the job. Another token interview. You know, are you a part of that, or 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 should the interview should the NFL do something to make sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen? It looks like they're circumventing the rule, and for that, there should be some type of punishment that should be dealt with. That's going to do it for us, for FIFO in his absence, my man Ken, my man B. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Yeah.